Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Good midday. And a midday to you as well. A midday in Middenheim, another day, another mid. I'm here to podcast and talk about Bubblegum Crisis, and I'm all out of Bubblegum Crisis. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Valentine, the other one of the co-hosts. This is Jojo's World, our Jojo's Bizarre Adventure <laughs> recap and discussion podcast, where today we are talking about uh, two episodes of Bubblegum Crisis, Tokyo 2040. Not the last two episodes, but the last two episodes we'll be covering for now, as from next episode we return to our regularly scheduled programming of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Part 6, Stone Ocean, Batch 2, available now on Netflix.com. But that, Liam, isn't Crunchyroll. Nope. Alas, we shall have to bid farewell to the stilted ruby ads <laughs> and the awkward CGI bear of Golden Kamui. Oh, I miss those ads. We sure do. I wonder what they are now. It's been a while since we went there. Yep, and we'll never find out. <laughs> Nick. Yes. Hot lemonade. Do tell. It exists. Okay. I hate it. You've had it? No. It's, it's so, I can't get access to That's it. That's right, this is the long-running subplot no one expected to re-emerge. Nick has done his hot lemonade homework. Okay, so you can get hot and lemonade. And when I say no one, I include myself. <laughs> he didn't tell me this was coming up. Yeah, so you can get it, you can make it. But I haven't gotten it or made it. But it does exist, and I can only assume so it is a foul conclusion. What you're telling me is you did a Google search last night, or... Uh, last week, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, so it exists. It 100% is a thing that you can make. And you can make it as, like, really, like, hot, right? Like Piping oil. hot. Yeah. But that's, like, a lemon drink. And I want lemonade, you know? I want that carbonated stuff. Yeah, like Sprite, which apparently is going out of business. Mm. Wait, is Sprite going or out of business? being discontinued by the Coca-Cola Corporation. What? No! For being a mid-soda. Alright, that's a changing topic. What the hell are you talking about? It is the best. Like, Sprite is one when of my favourite... was the last favorite... time you drank Sprite, Nick? Oh, maybe 11 years ago? Because yep, uh, you're not a child who drinks non-alcoholic carbonated beverages. Oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> I'm an adult who drinks alcoholic carbonated beverages. <laughs> Fuck. Are they really going out of business? So I heard on Twitter. Oh my god. No, they can't go out of business. Who's going to No, we're not them? going out of business because of the Coca-Cola Corporation. Yeah. Who, you know, if they went out of business, who would fund all those death squads? Mmm. What? <laughs> but like... It's Sprite, right? It's like it's like it's there. It, what's gonna live in the shelving of Nick? Much like Queen Elizabeth II, all things must die, and that includes Sprite. Yikes! Is it too soon? I don't care. Yeah, all right, fair Shout enough. Shout out to our UK listeners for having everything in the country shut for the foreseeable future. <laughs> I do love that it was like people were out in the rain, all for a queen who I'm almost my certain queen. I'm almost certain every single person there would be like, she did something for us. And you'd be like, no, I'm not sure what, but she did something. She is a figurehead of our society. It's like, oh, so what did she do in, in like the Senate? Like, did she pass any laws or anything? Well, or? actually, this was something that I was reading into a little while ago. Um, okay. Around the start of the year when I thought she was dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> when we all had the 40k emperor theory of, oh, she's being kept alive in the background. You know, some thousands of pieces of legislation that the crown has, like, had behind doors uh, influence on through oh. the mechanism of royal assent. I uh, see. For things like exempting the Queen's properties from environmental regulations. Uh, oh, I see. So not good things, mm. per se. 
Selfish things. Selfish things. Yeah. Royalty things. Yeah, royal like a lot of money things. Yeah. yeah. Old money things. Yeah. The oldest of money. Yeah. How much money did the Queen have? I don't know why you expect me to know this. Because you read <laughs> you read one article on it. Nick. Yes. Episode 14 of Bubblegum Crisis Tokyo 2040. Mm. 2040, a year without queens. Except for maybe four queens that we stand in their fight against the cyberpunk menace. I was about to say, I think we all know what the queens are in this day and age. The queens it's... of this day and age are, of course, a Mason. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's Mason, uh, Alan, Nigel. Are there any other men in this show? Leon, Daly. Oh, no, we can't. We can't call Daly a queen because that has uh, connotations. That's true. As he's a gay man. Is he? Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I didn't realise he was a gay. Okay. Sure. I think it comes up later in the show, or maybe just obliquely. I think it's more explicit than Lena. You know, potentially being uh, a lesbian. Right. Like... Okay. Understood. Lena's gay. <laughs> what? You mean the thing that I talk about every episode and am maybe reading too much into? It was a popular uh, consensus in the fan community, is my understanding. Though. Oh, okay. But she went on that day with that guy. I was like, damn, he's attractive. And then decided, I am more interested in being a robot fighter. Does that imply? No, not by itself. Oh, I see. Nick. Yes. Episode 14, Shock Treatment. Same. Uh, I tried to find a source for the name of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um... Inconclusive, uh, there is of course the sequel to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Shock Treatment. Huh. Uh, then there's a, a number of albums by bands that I've never heard of. Go the on. Belfast Band. I know uh, that. And ironically, I do actually know okay. about them. Uh, do, there's an album by Don Ellis. It's an album by Edgar Winter. Oh, the Edgar Winter. There's an Winters album group. by... Oh, this is from 2010, so this one doesn't count. Oh. Uh, but nevertheless, an album by Chris Calico. Who the hell is Chris Calico? We'll never know. Okay. Uh, it might be the Edgar Allen Winters group. Or the Belfast band. Maybe the... Mm. Well, if you know them, Nick, tell me. Well, I know that the... Is it Edgar Winters? Is that... <laughs> We're off to a great start, but yes. Is that the... Edgar yep. Winter, singular. Okay, so Edgar Winter is the guy who made the Edgar Winter group who wrote Frankenstein that's in Guitar Hero 2. Mary Shelley? Huh? Mary Shelley? Why not? Who wrote Frankenstein? (laughs) Not quite, Um, but that's literally the only song I know by the Edgar Winter group. Well, here's a picture of them, and as you can see, they're they're a vibrant bunch of cyberpunks. (laughs) Uh, They all look like they're in uh, Olympic figure skating costumes. And one of them's pointing at me very aggressively. got one in a green jumpsuit with like a yellow feather boa Mm. around his neck uh, with, with like... Uh, anime white blonde hair. Uh, one guy in a black leather bodysuit. One guy in um, red pants and a white jacket with flame decals on it. Jesus. And, and one guy who's just kind of nondescript. He's got a star jacket and red pants. Well, now we need to learn a bit about Edgar Winter Group. Okay, who is Edgar Winter and why did he form a group? Edgar Holland Winter is an American musician known for being a multi-instrumentalist, playing the keyboards, guitar, saxophone and percussion. He would be. His success peaked in the 1970s with his band, the Edgar Winter Group, and their popular songs, Frankenstein and Free Ride. Oh. I think Free Ride was in... No, I'm thinking of Slow Ride. Never mind. Is Slow Ride the one that's like... That's in Guitar Hero 3 Legends of Rock. Ah, is that the one that's like, take it easy? Yeah, Slow yeah. Slow Ride. Ugh, I hate that song. I don't want to take it easy. Now, there's a picture of him here in 20, 2006. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2006 for you cyberpunks out there. <laughs> 
where he looks like I would say a punk rock Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Is that fair to say? <laughs> That's the most accurate description you could have used. Great picture, uh, listeners. Now you know what he looks like. He's just he's wearing the glasses. He's got the jacket, and he's just like, "Well, howdy, come on down, get some chicken." My finger licking beats. <laughs> I'll tell you what, capitalism, down with it. Come eat some chicken. What's in the chicken? Rebelliousness. Ah, the spirit of the South. (laughs) (laughs) Why does... He has such fine hair in that shot Mm. as well. He's like, well, well, well. If there's one thing that a punk rocker needs, a well-trimmed beard. And the other episode we're covering today is Minute by Minute. By Minute by Minute. Which is the eighth studio album. Ooh, I know who it's by, though. Go on. Uh, it's by... It's, it's the ones that sing, like, minute by minute by minute. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's the fucking... It's so the, brothers, fa- the brothers. Yeah, the, it is the, the brothers. The, the, oh, God, what's that? Oh, it's the Doobie Brothers. That's right. Yes! I was going to roast you for failing to answer the question you yourself posed, but you succeeded. I am on a roll today. And of course, we know the Doobie Brothers from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, mm. personified in the character of Doobie, mm. uh, the Phantom Blood era zombie that was full of snakes. Mm. Did we kill him in like one hit? Yes, yeah, so you might remember that uh, this was after, he was, he was one of the two or three zombies that Jonathan no-selled after merging with <laughs> Zapelli's Hamon, uh-huh. uh, where uh, he attacked and Jonathan uh, fought him and uh, immediately appeared on top. But then, shock of shocks, Doobie's bag head, his um, Friday the 13th era 2 bag era esque bag head, sure. was revealed to be full of snakes. Mm. Uh, and the snakes bit him, and he was like, haha, these snakes are full of deadly venom, and now you are too. But then Jonathan used his perfect vascular control. <laughs> To flex out the venom ah, and then yes. fill the snakes with ham on or the ripple, uh, mm-hmm. turning them on Doobie so that he the snakes auto cannibalized him. So they were just like, well, I mean, he made that sound much of- like <gasps> Theseus did to Medusa. <laughs> Not Theseus. Who fought Medusa? And uh, also that didn't actually happen. I was being silly and I've gotten kind of lost in the bit. <laughs> uh, who did fight Medusa? Hercules? No. I don't fucking know. Um, Perseus. Maybe Perseus, or maybe it was Medusa who fought herself. Wow. Because of mirrors, right? Yeah. Wait, did Medusa actually turn herself to stone with a mirror? Yeah. Ah. That's a pretty top tier play, though. Like, imagine, like, what does that monster do? Well, if it looks at you, it turns you to stone. How can we beat it? Shiny shield, huh? (laughs) That's pretty much it. I've got to know. I just need to know. It's going to eat at me. You've got that real, like... I know that I need to know. And if I don't know, I will kill everyone in this room. I've got the frenzied, fraying, academic hair. I need more information. I need more time. You are wearing a cardigan, so... Yeah. (laughs) The hallmark of mad academics. Uh, Maybe I should have gone into academia. No. It would have been better than going into... uh, No. Corporology. No, it wouldn't have. It'd be worse. But I could pursue something I'm interested in. Oh, no. I've been really intrigued by the idea of expertise and skilled labour recently, Mm. rather than just having a job where you answer emails. Yeah, well, I'm glad that my job involves me learning a bunch of everything. Mm. But at the same time, academia is not fun, dude. I've got a friend, a couple of friends who are psychology academics. They seem to enjoy it. Yeah, but they get funding for interesting things. Imagine if you were doing philosophy and it's like... Oh, I... I wouldn't do that in the first <laughs> place. Okay, all right. Imagine you Perseus. Like... Perseus. There you go. And <laughs> moving on. <laughs>
It's 2040. It is 2040. We can all agree. The year is even and divisible by 40. Nick. Yes. I did a boss battle in Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, Go on. Stormblood recently. <gasps> I see. As part of the Ivalice, uh Alliance Raid series that I think you would have enjoyed. Mm-hmm. The boss has a mechanic where he sets all participants' hit points to one and then puts down a number, a bunch of numbered fields. Yes. And then you have to uh, enter the fields to uh, adjust your hit point total to... Um, the category of number that his attack dictates. So it might be something divisible by three or five, or it might have to be a prime number. I fucking love this. Then the amount of people that succeed and fail dictate the potency of his follow-up attack. Oh, shit. So if your team's bad at math... Then you're going to get fucked. It's just like society. Okay. Yeah. If you're bad at math... You let everyone down. Uh, Final Fantasy interested listeners might be intrigued to know that I recently finished Shadowbringers and I enjoyed it. Oh, how much? Well, I've heard it described varyingly as uh, the best Final Fantasy uh, 14 story, the best Final Fantasy story, the best JRPG story, the best video game story, Mm -hmm. and the best story. I wouldn't go that far, uh, but I did thoroughly enjoy it. It's probably my top MMO arc. Mmm, that's good. That's good art. And uh, I don't play a lot of JRPGs, so I might get that by default as well. (laughs) It's like, I think it's the best JRPG story. We get a bunch of people on Twitter going, do you even know about Xenoblade I mean, I haven't finished Yakuza 7, so Mm. that might edge it out when I do. Wait, is that Like a Dragon? Yeah. Have you heard that Like a Dragon 8 is coming? I have. I was just about to segue to that. And also... um, The Ancient Times one. Yeah, Ishin. Ishin 2? No. Ishin something. Like a dragon Ishin. Interesting that they seem to be pivoting away from the Yakuza branding to mm. be more in line with the um, Japanese branding of Like a Dragon. Yeah, which is interesting. It is, it's interesting. Let's it's... all just sit and mull on that <laughs> for a second. Hang on, wait. Wait for it. It's mulling. Mm. Mm. Just stew it in. Yeah. Can you smell it? That's the smell of interest. That's the smell of... Wikipedia. Of heat. Of heat? Yeah, like how Kiryu goes into heat mode. Mm. Can you smell that That one And of there's a new sense? Gaiden story coming too, like a dragon Gaiden, which seems to feature the return of Kazuma Kiryu, who famously exited the story in Yakuza 6, The Song of Life. Well, no, he exited the Yakuza in 1, 2, 4. No, but the whole point of 6 was it was going to be the end of his story. Oh, uh, okay, all right. And he's back now. In some small way, it seems. Hmm, okay. Anyway, we'll get to that when we do a podcast about that. <laughs> but we should really talk about the first of the two episodes we're covering today. Yeah. A lot of shots throughout this first episode of uh, the skyhook and the space umbrella generating power. Uh, just frequently between scenes will intercut to that. Uh, so just keep that in mind as power generation becomes an important factor later on. God, you love anime about power generation. Mm. Although, to be fair, Code Geass, it's all about power generation. Keep going. Like, power of the people. Like, over them, you know? It's like, how long can I generate more power? I didn't really like Code Geass, but I did like that one mech that looked like a big white knight. A white knight, you say? I mean, it was white and it was knightly. Hmm, okay. Alright, I see. I see how it is. Nene is sad because of the events of last episode. She and Leon and Daly have a quick chat and they invite her to lunch. That's, that's it, that's, that's, that's the, the scene. That's the crux of the scene. <laughs> and uh, Leon is also upset that Pris has been very busy lately. 
and she worries that it, oh and in response to Daly's razzing he worries that it's uh because she's interested in in another man because <gasps> he's got it bad mm. and then is all like Pris nah but what has Pris been doing why she's been spending every night searching for the secret underground whiz lab as has Lina and as has Cilia vicariously through them so she's sitting in like a bus. She's in their mobile command center. Yeah, and, and she's like the scanning. other two have their like sonar guns and going to the sites and being like scanning for secret lab. No secret lab found. <laughs> but then Pris finds the secret lab. <gasps> oh my god, that was fast. Yeah, it only took five nights. So they uh, managed to get through it, and yep. they're like, "Hey, we found it." And Celia goes, "Great." I won't be needing you anymore. Yeah, so... Um, Weird storytelling Basically, here. it cuts away from Pris finding the lab to Pris and Lina talking about Cilia's reaction to them finding the lab while having massages done. <laughs> Very awkwardly animated massages. Not acknowledging the masseuses in any way. They're just like... Talking wow. about their secret business. Like, yeah. So Pris is like, oh, I'm going to jump down. And Cilia's like, don't do it. And she's like... Cut away. Well... And then we cut back to a flashback where it's... The exact same scene, but everything's tinted blue now. Mm. Uh, where it's For like, some reason. I'm just going to go in quickly. No, don't go in. All right. And then she says she's not going to go in because she says her battery is low. But was it really that low? Or mm. Mm. Judging from what we saw, no. In fact, I would dare say it was pretty much full. That's batteries, baby. They're full till they're not. Um, so then they're leaving the jacuzzi and they're all like, oh, it was a good time. And then we get more flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. For some reason. They just really had to get in that crucial massage scene. Yeah. Uh, and Cilia's all like, now look, I won't be needing your help on this anymore, ladies. There are no more night sabers. And then they're like, no, but we should help. And then she says, yes, you're right. Just give me a couple of days to prepare. And they're like, that was easy. All right. That okay. was suspiciously easy, but we're not being suspicious. Hmm. Perhaps they should have been, though, because it was a ruse. <gasps> Do we even find that out for like another 10 minutes? No. Okay. Uh, so Celia spends most of the rest of this episode <laughs> activating her plan to go to the lab and destroy whatever's in there. Uh, first, she needs to figure out where the nearest power line is. So she does some com computer hacking to figure that out. She's all like, where can I get power? Ah. Overlays two maps. Yep. Ah, here. <laughs> Great power. That was easy. Uh, then she goes to visit. Oh, quick, quick, quick scene of Marky looking for her and she's gone. Mm. Uh, and he goes into there like dystopian underground dining room and talks to the butler like is Cilia out? And he's like yes. Wow, I never really should have come here, says Marky. And then Mazio says, no you should have. She's been looking after you and cares about you very much. Mm. That is all. Goodbye. What a normal human interaction we're having. Mm. My flesh oh, is leaking Yeah, he, Marky does expose it. Uh, my, my body feels strange. Okay, quote, I don't know why, but my body feels strange. As if someone were calling to me. Mm, I don't know human. why, yeah, but my human body, <laughs> my normal human body feels normal human strange. Huh, you know, I feel like I'm attracted to something that I can't feel. Mm. That's a human thing, yeah? Yeah. 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 This, is, this is normal. This is human. Celia goes and sees a Mr. Shen from a couple of episodes ago again to get a big sci-fi gun from him. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they, for some reason, I don't know why, but there's a guy who arrives in a, like a ute. Yeah, it's delivered discreetly in a ute, or as an American might call it, a truck. Ugh. Um, it's like one of those K-car utes as well. They're, they're like really, really small. Oh, like it's compact. Yeah, like very small. Like half the size of a normal car. Um, so they can fit in the tiny, tiny it, Japanese It can rooms. just barely fit a sci-fi rocket launcher. Exactly. Celia has no problem putting it in her small Porsche. 
That's compact. Oh, it's a clown car. <laughs> uh, she chucks it in there, and then we see Mason talking about golems. That Mason, he loves to talk about golems. Uh, he's like, they found it? Great. Secretary Boomers, clear my schedule. I'm going to, uh, to inscribe more golem letters on your forehead in an act of ill-timed symbolism, given how much I want to get in this cave. Yeah, and he uh, draws an E on its forehead, and then it's all like, thank you, and then begins typing. Yep. I can't remember what the symbolism meant, but that's what it um, meant. I mean, I'm sure we butchered this in some way or another when we were talking about it, but essentially, if I remember correctly, like there was one character, which, you know, the subtitles here have clearly chosen E, though I don't know if it's a, yeah. um, a Roman alphabet letter, mm. um, uh, which makes the difference between the, the words for death and truth. Mm. In Hebrew? Yes. Yes. Golems. Golems. I've started reading Terry Pratchett's Feet of Clay recently as part of my uh, Discworld read-through this year. Okay. Uh, which is the guards book that features Golem. Is it fun? See, it seems fun so far. I'm not very far into it yet. <laughs> there hasn't... I mean, there's clearly been a couple of Golem-based murders, but I don't know... Mm. Uh, the characters have yet to uncover that. Wait, Golems murdering people? Yeah. <gasps> that would never happen. And yet... I trust boomers. They're friends to humanity. Like golems. Like the Witcher. Oh my god. I think I made this joke last time. Let's move on. There's only one letter taking friend to fiend. Okay. Don't you want your R back? It's not as eloquent as the Hebrew stuff, but don't you want your R back, golem buddy? It makes sense in my head. Keep going. Okay. Keep I, going. I see what you're driving at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so is... She spends like most of the rest of this episode... Uh, like, smashing through underground doors, holding a big sci-fi device in her hard suit. Mm. Meanwhile, um, Mason's private army blows open a hole in an underground highway and starts sending boomers and armed guards through it. And everyone's like, wow, what was that big shuddering noise? Yeah, so it becomes hard to uh, control the media to the extent that you can cover up an explosion in central cyber Tokyo. Mm. Uh, and even Nene, who is pondering getting lunch with her... Colleague Megu, Megu, uh, is distracted by that, by the need to scramble all units. Uh, and she's like, man, fuck this, night sabers, runs up the stairs. Well, they start scrambling all units, as is their job, as the dis dispatchers. Mm. But then the whole screen at the front of the room is taken over by... Um, the chief. Of the AD police, who is like, no, don't scramble all units. Listen, listen, listen. It's word this from up top. This is from top management, that's not me. Just chill, everything will be fine. And then he's like, fuck fine! I'm gonna go find out what the hell's going on. Yeah. So she runs back to Celia's place. Celia does some more spelunking. Uh, and Lena gets a call in her office from uh, Nene, who is scrambling all units of the night sabers. Ooh! That's right, after storming out last episode, she is back on board at the first sign of trouble. You can't keep her away. Old habits die hard. Yep. Even if those habits involve risking your life. So she's already called Pris, and Pris is going to meet Lena out front with the motorcycle, take them to the Silky Doll, and they're mm. going to hard suit up and go save Celia because they've realised that she has gone ahead. Uh, Lena changes her clothes, and Pris is like, what the fuck, why are you changing clothes? We're in a life or death situation. I can't ride a motorcycle with my skirt on, can <laughs> I? <laughs> uh, quaint. Oh. Marky is still looking for Celia. He checks out the mobile command centre. She's not there, but he does hack into the highway. Hack? He's not really hacking. Why not? Well, he just comes up to the computer and is all like, what's going on? Boop. He's good with computers. 
Marky's good with computers. <laughs> and machines. Oh, that's He's got some sort of intuitive understanding of them. Oh, maybe he's just he's a young human. Machine empathy. Oh, how strange. Mm. Uh, yeah, so he sees the roadblock they've set up down there and is like, oh, that must be where Cilia's gone. Cilia, meanwhile, continues to walk through di- dark underground hallways while the rest of the Nightsabers suit up. The mobile pit's gone, the hard suit. She said, okay, this, this line, I don't really understand it. Okay. I can't find her anywhere, says Nene. No mobile, no mobile pit, no hard suits, they're all gone. The Nightsabers then proceed to get into their hard suits. Yeah. I don't understand. Are they, is, she, like, is this a slight translation error? Is she saying Cilia's hard suit is gone? Oh, maybe. Mm. I don't know. It might be a plot hole. <laughs> oh, and then we like, have the most like 90s anime teen cinematography oh. as the assembled Nightsabers walk out to go mobilise and the shot is just like Pris's boobs like walking into the camera. It's like, we're going to get it done. And every 14-year-old guy is like, I am uncomfortable, but I am here for it. And yet I can't look away. <laughs> Mason <laughs> arrives at the underground uh, at the underground highway bridge hole and is like, please wait for me, my princess. <laughs> I'm the good guy. Ugh, I hate that. Just the idea of like, wait for me, my princess. Oh, how old are they? Well, oh. it's complicated. <laughs> Red flag, red flag. <laughs> oh, yeah, so um, they look like a five-year-old, but they're an immortal god. Okay, buddy, buddy, tone it back. Calm down. Just bring it back, all right? Fate, does, it's fine in fate, but here... In Is real it fine life, in fate? Well, in real life, it's not, but in fate, everyone's like, you know what? It's, there's, we know what's going to happen in fate, and it's going to be fighting, so that's it. Okay, I see what you're driving Yeah, at. yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Marky fucking splinter cells his way past the AD police because there's no one there. Yeah, at the underground roadblock. Apparently they just sent everyone in because Marky oh. effortlessly sneaks into there. I was about to joke to you, like, oh, I bet Marky's going to sneak in. And then he just did. And no one was there. And he just, like, he pretty effortlessly around. walked in. He just looks around at the door. He's like, is anyone here? No. Can I go? <laughs> They can't keep me out. Uh, meanwhile, Celia is making her way down into the Wiz Lab. Yep, she, she goes to the place that she determined there was nearby power and redirects it to the Wiz Lab and she gets the, um, the Metroid-style um, map layout and yep. we can see that the, uh, the uh, Wiz Laboratory structure consists of a control room, a warehouse, a substation, two offices, two lab- lab- laboratories and a dome. <laughs> <laughs> The square-shaped dome, the purpose of which is unclear. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the square-shaped dome. You mean a room? It's a fucking dome. Oh, and then there is also a bunch of other building uh, rooms on the next floor. The public hall, the conference room, cafeteria, the security room, and the computer room. I wonder what's in the computer room. Probably a dome. (laughs) You just go to the dome and it's just the coffee shop dome. It's the Australian question mark. Uh, cafe chain yeah. dome and it's just everyone in there is like literally here looking like they're having a great time but they're all skeletons now yeah holding up like charred coffee mugs or just uh like waitress boomers going through the motions <laughs> to the skeletons oh no what a sad existence but that would be a plot hole because this was where the boomers were developed wasn't it Whoa. would it be a plot hole checkmate bubblegum crisis tokyo 2040 Celia walks into the lab room and she says, guinea pig, and then silently keeps walking. <laughs> so is this the room? I think it must be, yes. Mm. So there's this big rock. Ironic that she would say guinea pig, given that Celia herself was the guinea pig. <gasps> Memories. 
More on that momentarily. <laughs> big rock. Yeah, so there's this big rock in the middle of the room that looks like it's You say molten-y. big rock, it also looks like a big brain yeah, or, or, like or a big classic like cyberpunk anime growth. Yeah, it's some big cancerous tumour yeah. on society's underbelly, you know? I hate it when I've got a tumour on my underbelly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just like, it's just like hanging. Well, it's not really hanging. It's like the top of it is bigger than underneath. It's a classic, like, uh, pupa that an end boss would emerge from. Yes, yes. Much as something will emerge from it soon. Yes. Uh, Celia jacks her um, guitar launcher. amp cable into the rocket launcher and the power. Yep. What are those cables called? Uh, uh, plug cables. You know, 3.5 millimeter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And- or- Something. Eighth of an inch. Yeah, but what's the term for the cable type? Uh, lead. Sure. Like, like a guitar lead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is there a word for that? Yeah, lead. Okay. A guitar lead. She plugs it into her, um, we, we learn it's a microwave ray gun thing. Uh, it does stuff. And, and into the power. Uh, and she shoots out, like, three microwave transmitter things well okay so this is what i don't get is that she shoots out these three things that embed themselves into the pupa yeah then we see the sky hook yep and then it cuts back we see her shoot another one and then we see the sky hook and then we shoot back another one shoots a third thing that embeds itself into the pupa and then a whole bunch of weird things you know like canisters with yeah classic anime device canisters like a tesla fucking or like on the back thing. of metal gear Sahelanthropus. yeah and they all go and then she's about to do something. She says, it's time to say goodbye. Don't think badly of me. It is 11.55 a.m. A.m.? Yep. <gasps> In broad daylight? My gosh, she must be crazy. Anyway, Mason shows up. Yeah, so Mason, uh, armed guards and armed boomers all show up. From outside where they just left their vehicles. Yep. So that and he's like, Marky could sneak by. Silly or Stingray. And she's like, Brian J. Mason. <laughs> <laughs> so I just can't get over this guy. It's like mundane ass name. <sighs> Uh, thank you for bringing us here. And she's like, I'm going to destroy it. And he's like, with that microwave cannon, you want to destroy it without unsealing it? Huh. And she's like, watch me, punk. Well, he says like seven years ago, we, we couldn't have done that with that technology. And she's like, ah, but that was seven years ago. And now I'm going to use the power of the Skyhook's energy transmitter to upgrade my microwave cannon. So this is what I don't understand. Mm. She starts shooting a big red beam of energy. It looks like in Halo 3 they introduced that um, oh, the Spartan, Spartan laser. laser. And oh, you had to God. hold on the, um, the tracking laser for like a good minute. It yep. looks like that tracking laser more than anything else. <laughs> Just a big, like, beep. Yeah. And then at the end of that is, like, big glowing circle of red. Yeah. That looks like ripples coming from it. Like, cool. Like, I felt like they didn't draw an annoying amount of attention to this plan. But, like, cool plan about, like, they've sown this seed with the sky hook. Mm-hmm. Just, like, having shots of it throughout the scene series yeah. so far. But never really talking about it beyond, like, Mason's corporate... Uh, like greed and being like, or like ah, the sky having hook. to talk to Alan about like the delays of the project. Yeah, but like Celia mostly off screen setting up to use that as additional power for her cook a baby boomer gun. <laughs> so is that why she had to shoot the three things? Because... No, I think that's why she plugged it in. But then what was the point of shooting the three? Uh, it's things? probably just part of the gadget. Oh, okay, all right, sure. It helps with aiming. Like you can see the the lightning of the red laser kind of goes into them, so oh. maybe they. Maybe pump it into the cocoon. Maybe it's something to do with resonance. Mm. I don't really know how microwaves work. Well, they're just—they literally cook food. You know when you're cooking, um, cooking a microwavable butter chicken in the microwave, I have and you been have there. to jam three uh, uh, microwave 
God. nodules into it. That's what the spork is for. <laughs> yeah, so she's 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 cooking it. She's cooking this proverbial butter chicken, mm-hmm. this boomer chicken. Yep. But then Marky's there. So he's not he's not quite there yet. He's still in the tunnels and he starts to glow with a blue aura. <gasps> and he's like, uh Well, this is weird. I I feel very human right now though. Silly is pretty confident that she's microwaved the contents. Mason is upset. But then Marky is there and he's glowing blue. Nigel uh, uh, Mason now recognises him and is like, ah, Marky Stingray, you're, you're attracted to each other, just as I thought. Now, what he means is that uh, Galatia and Marky are attracted to each other, yeah. but it does sound a bit like he's saying, you're attracted to your Sis- sister, aren't you? Yeah, it's a bit weird, <laughs> but I think, yeah. Um, so then there's this big blue light that comes from the big pupa as melted starts, rock Yeah, pod. as the egg starts to hatch. Yep. And everyone's like, what's going on? Marky walks forward, still glowing blue. The rest of the night sabers arrive and do In nothing. In hard suits. Yep. yep. Uh, and like the uh, the egg, the pupa, starts to melt like mercury. And then... And Celia's like, no, no. Uh, thick veiny lines start to appear in the goons' guns and in the nearby boomers, which immediately go rogue. And they're like, shoot them! And they start shooting the boomers, but it's too late. They've yep. seen everything. The guns don't work anymore. Yep. The hard suits all get, like, grabbed by tendrils out of the earth and immobilised. They start getting a bit veiny, but yep. not too veiny. Um, and then... Celia uh, just, like, like full-on collapses with boomer veins. And grief. And Mason's like, I will permit myself a small chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to be safe. And there's a little girl, Celia, there, also glowing blue. <gasps> what? And Celia's all like, so tie. Yep. And Mason is like, haha, come with me. Marky collapses. Uh, everyone is powerless to watch the bad guy leave with the object of his evil quest. And uh, Celia's all like, so tie. In a much more feminine voice, but I can't. I'm, well, maybe I can. I don't know. But I can't do that voice. And that's the end of the first one of these episodes. Nick, oh, I looked. Damn. There's a lot of talk about so tie in the next episode. Mm. And my first Google results for this. Mostly just returned... Um, the Bubblegum Crisis 2040 no. oh. Returned uh, definitions of a form of Japanese physiotherapy or something like that. I was like, okay. that's not it. But digging a little deeper, I found reference to... What was it? The Bible. Oh, hello. Um, As in like a, a Japanese translation of the Bible or no, in the English... Uh, Ezra 2.55 and Nehemiah 7.57. Uh-huh. Uh, Sotai definition. This isn't the... the um, Bible verse. I hope it would be. This would be fucking well, it's, rad it's if it not, was. But I can look it up in a sec. Okay. Sotai is defined by BibleStudyTools.com as one of those who return from captivity being descendants of Solomon's servants. Ooh. So Which, like a you know, prisoner. parallels there between an imprisoned servitor robot progenitor. Yeah, I can, I can feel that, yeah. Ezra 255. 55. The descendants of the servants of Solomon. Right, okay. <laughs> and Nehemiah 757. The descendants of the servants of Solomon. Solomon's slavery. Hmm. And here we go. A, a uh, supplementary source from BibleGateway.com. Sotai, head of a family of Solomon's servants whose descendants returned from the Babylonian captivity with Zerubbabel. Omitted in the parallel, uh, oh, sorry, c- citing a couple of th- those two Bible verses. Omitted mm-hmm. in the parallel 1 ESD 533. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. The Bible. It's something. It, tr- it true is. <laughs> it's certainly a book that we can all say is our Bible. Of my Bibles, it's one of the top Bibles. <laughs> you know, sometimes I go down to the Bible store, uh, Kerrang, just by the, 
the weird tea intersection down near your house. I have no idea what you're talking about, but go on. Uh, they sell books, they sell uh, magazines, and they sell Bibles, apparently, which aren't books according to them. Even though I've heard time and time again that the Bible is the holy book. Or a good book, even. Is it a good book? It's described as such. <laughs> it's worth a read. <laughs> it's a page turner. <laughs> Look, I'll tell you what, the second half, it's lacking, but the first half, you know what? A lot of rising action. Yes. So how many people get bisected? More than you think. The night sabers are stuck in their hard suits. They're like, who's that little girl Mason's leaving with? She's glowing blue and is not wearing any clothes. Well, I mean, that generally would be like a pretty cool thing to be. But in this <laughs> context, maybe it's not the best. They can't get out of their hard suits, but Pris manages to forcefully eject her um, battery... Mm-hmm. And the sort of safety system kicks in. Yep. And then she begins running after the baddies. Well, no. Um, Monsieur Masson. Uh, Celia is non-responsive, so they get her out of her suit. Well, I mean, Pris immediately is like, I'm going to fight them. And then looks back and Celia's there. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. should do the right thing. So they're all wearing their um, their soft suits. Their leathery, uh, hot suits, yeah. if and, you will. And the reason I drew attention to that is Celia goes slightly ahead and bumps into Leon and gets embarrassed about wearing mm. very tight clothing. Yeah. Um, I sorry, but... did I say Celia? I meant Pris. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in this next scene, they're, they're dragging unresponsive Celia through the hallway. Marky's not there. Yeah. But he's the outside later. Yeah. They, do they just leave him to find his own way out or they go back for him? They'll figure it out. And so, yeah, Cecilia is just not responding and just saying, so die, to herself. Mm. And they're like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. We're the night sabers. Pris goes on ahead. Uh, someone shines a big intimidating flashlight to her. But we immediately recognise the silhouette of Leon, who is like, hey, I'm in this I'm in this tunnel too. There's not meant to be anyone down here. And Pris is all like, hey, don't you dare. Oh, wait, it's you. Oh, great. It's you. <laughs> We're saved. Oh, good. He draws attention to her state of dress. She gets embarrassed. Uh, Very he's like, blushed. man, I am not good at talking to women. Yeah, he's really not good at talking. <laughs> like, throughout this entire episode, if there's one thing Leon does, it is not talk well to women. He exposits that um, the AD Police Command have announced that the Nightsabers are committing acts of sabotage underground. So you're here to stop us. Well, I'm off duty. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just kind of doing my own thing. I've only got one set of clothes. Has he ever been on duty? Yeah. Maybe like twice? I mean, he's never explicitly said, I'm on duty right now, as far as I remember. But we have seen him doing work. Yeah. Leo's not technically employed by the AD police. <laughs> but damn, he's good at the job that we want him to do. <laughs> the AD police have been ordered not to get involved in any of this underground bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's just doing his own thing. Hmm. Interesting. He helps them find their way out, off screen. And the news informs us... The government announced today that the abnormal shock occurring under Tokyo was caused by the collapse of an underground cavity created during the earthquake. Concrete has been poured into the space so it won't happen again. Well, that's good. And then the phrase the the news used was something like, Now for other news. (laughs) Or, up next, more news. (laughs) So then we uh, cut to Celia's sky balcony. Yep. Uh, on her, apparently she owns this like whole skyscraper somehow. And has this old like we've seen this pool location before. I didn't realize it was on on top of a uh, on, a, on top of a skyscraper. I mean, building. it makes sense. We know that the um the megalopolis of Tokyo can only have skyscrapers in it. Not what I was gonna say. Okay. Sure. No, I was gonna say we know that the water element of her base goes from bottom to top because that's how they disguise the um mm. the night saber launch chute. Yeah. Um. 
But yeah, it didn't really click that the pool was on top of the whole thing. <gasps> that means that the pool goes all the way down. Or like there's a chute, like a chute of no water yeah. in the centre and other, you know, like the aquarium and the pool aren't necessarily touching each other, mm. but they're built on top of each other to disguise the chute. Yeah. I'm just thinking if that pool goes all the way down, that's like one of those massive diving pools. Well, you'd hope it doesn't go all the way down because otherwise it's full of all the fish. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but then you could just have a fun party with the fish at the top, right? There's some big fish in there. <laughs> just one day one tries to eat you and you go, oh, 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 look, it's a party. He tried to eat me. Right, that's a fun Don't time. Don't worry. The fish are just fish-like boomers. They're harmless. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. They're mutating into boomers. Uh, Mason is in his, like, near automata style monochrome little girl's room. Oh, God. <laughs> right? So, so it's like reflective floor, blue, white yeah, Blue furniture. reflective floor, white geodesic dome structure, <laughs> uh, and then all white furniture, like big, big... I'm going to call that like a sextuple bed. Not, not a double bed. It's like an orgy bed. It's the kind of thing where you would get on that and expect 90 other people yeah. to get on it with you. Comfortably. Yeah. And you'd be like, great. And then the like, it looks like a lot of like faux Victorian all white furniture. Yeah. Very like. And when I say a lot, I mean exclusively, but it's all very sparsely laid out. Yeah. This would not be out of place in Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant yeah, for some reason. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. So Mason's there being like, well, well, I'm glad that you're here. Um, yeah, this is like what Akio's uh, second guest bedroom probably looks like. <laughs> now, look, I, um, I'm abusing my power. Mm. Me, Mason. And oh, okay. I, I have you here. It's a shame they called you Sokai back there. But Sokai. you know what? Sorry, it's a shame they called you Sokai back there. But you know what? I'm going to call you something better. Something much nicer. Galatea. The woman made of milk. I think that's a nice name. <laughs> Do you think that's a nice name? Because I've got quotes here. Stingray didn't want to make a simple golem. He mm. wanted to create a new species beyond humankind. However, he changed sides. He sold not only his technology to that old man, but his mind as well. Mm. But I'm different. I want to dream. I have the power to dream in the present. Give me that dream. Make the boomers awaken. And she says, boomer? The only word she says this episode. Yep. What's a boomer? We'll never know. Maki is back in Nigel's shop in his bed. Nene is sad that he is asleep and, and not human. And Nigel is drinking. <laughs> of course Nigel's drinking. It's a Tuesday. <laughs> they talk about Maki and about how he's not an ordinary boy, but Nigel exposits that, yes, he's not an ordinary boy, but he's not a boomer either. <gasps> he and uh, this Galatea mm -hmm. are doppelgangers or not quite clones, but they're created from... Uh, a device implanted in Cilia's brain, okay. which was built from her mother's corpus areola or something like that. Some brain thing. Some brain bit. Yeah. Um, Nigel has a swig. So they called them doppelgangers. Mm. When Cilia was young, her father implanted, and we're getting shots of like unconscious, surgical, surgically operated Cilia. Mm -hmm. uh, when Cilia was young, her father implanted a mechanism with her, within her, and we're seeing like a tiny bit of metal in her brain with like boomer style veins uh all popping out yeah which perhaps is the cause of her um her intense mood swings maybe wow okay i mean i mean it's possible right it is possible but maybe that's just celia being like boomers that's true she does hate boomers she hates them it had been copied by a synapse conduction from a human brain integrated itself into celia's brain it didn't take with anyone else only Cilia's body didn't re reject the nanomachines, son, uh, because it was created by copying her mother's corpus pineal. 
So that is a part of the brain? <laughs> like the pineal gland, maybe? Let's have a look, shall we? Nick puts his psych degree to the test. The pineal gland, cornarium, or epiphysis cerebri, is a small endocrine gland in the brain of most vertebrates. It produces melatonin. We love melatonin. God, I love melatonin. It's literally my favourite drug. Just um, pump it to my veins. Uh, it modulates sleep patterns in both circadian and seasonal cycles. The shape of the gland resembles a pine cone. Same. Um, it's located in the epithalamus near the centre of the brain between the two hemispheres. Tucked in a groove where the two halves of the thalamus join. Much like the spot that we were seeing of Cilia's brain. Here we go. The pineal gland is one of the nendoendocrine, sorry, neuroendocrine secretory circumventricular organs in which capillaries are most permeable to solutes in the blood. So what that means... In English, Einstein. Basically, it's one of the things that lets things get to the brain from the rest of the body via blood. Sure. So and it secretes that delicious hormone that we all melatonin. Love. Um, the only other thing I can find here is that um, from the point of view of biological evolution, the pineal gland is a kind of atrophied photoreceptor. Um, okay. In some species of amphibians and reptiles, it's linked to a light sensing organ known as the parietal eye, which is also called the pineal eye or third eye. Ah. Mm. Which reminds me of revolutionary girl Utena. Rene Descartes believed the human pineal gland to be the principal seat of the soul. Academic philosophy among his contemporaries considered the pineal gland as a neuroanatomical structure without special metaphysical qualities. Science studied it as one endocrine gland among many. So Descartes was like, it's the seat of the soul, and everyone else was like, fuck off. <laughs> Go back to thinking and therefore being, Descartes. Be wrong somewhere else, nerd. So, they produced two doppelgangers from cilia through this process. Mm. Maki and Galatea, or Sotai. Mm. From the seed of the soul. Yeah. Mm. The one born earlier was the Sotai. She is the archetype of all current boomers. <gasps> Maki was considered too close to a human being, so he was abandoned. And he's all like, but I'm okay. Yeah. Uh. He's, he's, he's awake by this point and he's like, I can't believe she's alive. I thought the earthquake buried her. And he's, he's also like, I thought I came here because I wanted to be with cilia. But she was probably calling to me the whole time. Mm. Also, I'm remembering everything and only talking about this now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Nigel gives us a trauma flashback about how, like, they caused the earthquake because things were really getting out of hand with this little girl boomer back then. And we get a flashback of, like, she's walking through the halls of the lab and huge tendrils of cables are going before her and just, like, smashing through the, like, glass doors. And then a bunch of regular non-AD police pull up out front mm. and all of their guns and cars, like, turn on them. It's like full-on singularity situation. Yeah, as you do. And so she's, she's going to go out into the world and ruin everything. Uh, but then Dr. Stingray is there and he's like, let's go back inside. And they go back inside, she kills him, and the earthquake happens. So... Is this just a matter of, like, she's so young and ignorant that she doesn't understand what she's doing? It's unclear at this point. Like, clearly from her following her quote-unquote father, she still has some, like, element of childlike innocence. Mm. But she is also definitely killing people. Yeah. I mean, maybe she doesn't realise she's, she's doing. She's less human than Maki is, so she might, might have a different concept of morality. Horrifying. Or maybe she's like, the boomers are superior. It is only natural that we that take we our place the at the... The peak of blah, blah, blah. Maybe she uh, watched Elden Lead and was like, I like the intro of it. I don't know what that is. It's an anime. Do you mean Elfen? Oh shit, Elfen Lead. 
Maybe she watched that and was like, I like that intro. I never watched that show, but I know that's when it was like super gory 90s animes. Oh yeah. I only watched the first bit and was like, not for me. No, I was like, this is for me. I will never have time to watch this. We also see Mason uh, prompting young Alan. Young, he's still like decrepit old man. He's still a hundred He can move his mouth when he talks at this stage. Yeah. Um, prompting him into using the earthquake, authorizing the use of the earthquake device. Mm. He's all like, the choice to let the earthquake device wreak havoc on Mega Tokyo is up to me. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, baby. Look, I want to test this thing since you told me about it. God damn. So that means that Alan, aka Quincy Rosenkreutz, the chairman of Ganon. Okay, Alan. Yep. Uh, Authorizes the use of the earthquake machine to contain boomers, then pivots to, we love boomers. Why won't they... <laughs> Why won't they accept the boomers? Yeah. Plural are good, but that one was bad. That one was getting out of hand. Look, look, that one was uh, uh, a real bad, but our boomers, they're safe. Nigel was just a, like a low-class technical employee of the lab. He wasn't told about the earthquake device, and he's the only survivor of the lab now. Is he? Well, that's what he says. Like, Mason was obviously up in the mix, but yeah. I guess he was probably a Genom employee. Oh, I see what you're saying. So he might have been staff, but he wasn't staff. Sure, yeah. Yeah. He wasn't trusted. He was Mason. And Marky's like, now you understand what... Mason is obviously a name of someone who works with stone. Mm. Uh, maybe there's like a link there to the golem thing. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marky's like, now you know why Cilia hates out-of-control boomers. I was also out of control when I came here. <gasps> but that means... And Marky, uh, Nana's like, no, you're a person. You have free will. You're Marky. And mm. she cries, puts, his head, puts her head in his lap. Uh, it's very anime. Young love. Very anime. Marky is Marky, she says. Pris is drumming. She breaks a drumstick and she does this hilarious oh. head bob. Just this weird... I want you to like, try and describe this. It's going to be like, hard. Every time she kicks the kick drum and she goes like a dun-dun-dun, she moves her head back and forth like a... Like, like a, a pigeon? Yeah. yeah. Just like a dun-dun-dun. Which you can't see me doing. Because it's, it's just a... T- it's just a... Um, a little peck. It's a close shot of her face. So we're not seeing... We're hearing the drum. We're not seeing her press the pedal. Just her head going boom-boom-boom. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so good. I just... If we can get a gif of that, that would be our thing. Yeah, I absolutely. Don't, I don't know if we'll be able to do it, but god damn it's Well, fun. I've barely been able to find images of this show, yeah. honestly, so... I might go home and make this gif. Uh, Lina shows up. They're in the bar that Pris's band performs at. Uh, Pris is pretty much saying the night sabers are done. Like, mm. the boomer got out. Cilia betrayed us, essentially. She's looking at the sky non-stop, not talking. Well, they're she's... inside right now. No, I mean Cilia. Oh, right, right. Yeah, right. she's out on her pool being like... Yeah. We got no hard suits left. They're boomers. I don't want to get in a boomer in this environment. Mm. That's right, because there is the reveal that the hard suits are boomers. <gasps> Nick, was this a surprise to you? It was mildly. Okay, they did set it up a bit beforehand. Um, did they? Yeah, I didn't want. I didn't want to ruin the surprise oh. for you, of course. Oh. Um, but like, for instance, we see how the hard suits. Um, you know, Nigel built those huge, like. Oh, and they sort of retracted. Yeah, in they they, and, yeah. they melted and yeah. assumed the shape of their operating form after he put in a core. Mm. So that means that they were alive the whole time. Kind of, yeah. yeah. They didn't go as nuts in the uh, in the chamber as all the other boomers. So maybe they're almost like lobotomized boomers or yeah. something. Or something like because of advances in technology from Nigel. Maybe. maybe. But even so. They apparently were boomers that they were wearing this whole time. Yeah, how ironic. The only way to fight a boomer is with a boomer. <gasps> it's just like nuclear deterrence. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 
So she's like, I don't want to get in, get in one of those again. Yeah, I don't like a boomer straddling itself to my half-naked body. Lena is shocked at the revelation. You have no idea how ironic what you just said is. <laughs> okay. Um, she's like, Nigel and Marky both knew. They kept us in the dark. Unforgivable. Hmm. And Lena's all like, but, but we have to do something. And then Leon's there. He's like, now I understand everything. You're the Nightsabers. Uh, I recognize the shape of your body, Lena, as the other Nightsaber. And Lena's all like, humph. She, yeah, she storms out in a humph. He's like, what are you doing? They're like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm off duty. <laughs> Look, I overheard a conversation and I thought Pris was going to be here tonight, so I came a bit early. It's like, it's 7 a.m. <laughs> and he's like, well, you guys weren't whispering, so, you know. She storms out in a huff and... Uh, Leon's all like, hey, so this might be a bad time, but you're pretty sexy, right? <laughs> Shall we ride? She <gasps> says. And uh, Leon's like, yeah. And, and then they're, they're riding down the, the deserted <laughs> cyberpunk highway. Having a speaking volume conversation. I thought they were overlaying a, um, a like a previous or future conversation over the footage yeah. of them driving. But no, then we just see them. We eventually see their mouths moving and they just talking while going at high speeds on the highway. Just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and they just talk about like, I thought you hated the night sabers, Leon. Well, of course, they made us look bad. But if they're disbanding, oh, I don't know what we'll do without our rivals to keep us on the on the go. Hmm. And he's like, you know, they, they, they basically come to terms, right? More or less, yeah. It's like, yeah, you know what, Leon? You're not the worst. Yeah. And then they're sitting, having a date. Well, they, they park on basically like the side of the highway, on the soft shoulder. Oh, that's a date. If you're parked on the highway, but not on the highway, that's a date, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, and then a huge AD police VTOL comes in overhead and is like, it's illegal to park there. This is a traffic violation. Leon and abuses his power yeah. as a police officer. Whips out his badge and is like, Hey, I'm AD police. And the guy's like, sorry, Leon. <laughs> and Pris is like, Leon, Leon doesn't identify himself. The guy is like, he just, just yeah. recognizes him. The guy's Probably, like, oh shit, Leon, sorry, you're on a date. Potentially like they scanned his badge with their futuristic computers uh, or whatever. But like, but on first name basis, he, yeah, yeah. not being like, sorry, officer Leon. It's just, sorry, Leon. <laughs> Everyone just knows Leon. Yeah. Uh, there's Leon, he's always in trouble. And he's he, always breaking the rules. And then he says some dumb shit. And I can't remember what he says. Yeah, let's take a look. Uh, so, yeah, Pris immediately is like, that was an abuse of your authority. And he responds, how beautiful your eyes are. And then he's like, oh God, what am I saying? I'm terrible with women. <laughs> and then I think Pris starts having visions. Yeah, so like, she seems to zone out. He's like, what's the matter? We zoom in on her eyes. And she's having visions of... Uh, shaved head cilia, having electrodes put in her brain, uh, and th basically the same footage that we saw when Nigel was explaining things earlier. The device just growing in yep. her parietal gland. Um, white background visions of cilia's mum, uh, tiny, like, cancerous cyberpunk brain growth thing. I think that's meant to be the device they put in, but it's evolved. Or is this the cell things they take out that eventually become <gasps> uh, Maki and Galatea? Ooh. Unclear. Unclear. Just, you know, standard cyberpunk biohacking shit. Yeah, just some stuff. And then like a T-1000 in a um, suspension tube, which uh, is then overlaid into Maki and Galatea. I wonder what that could mean. Uh, Wink. Uh, and then in the in Nigel's room, uh, Maki and Nene are also zoning out like that. And Nigel's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And meanwhile, Lina is just outside, like collapsing against a wall, being like, What's happening to me? Everyone is like, oh, so tie, so tie. And Lena's like, oh no, stop it. Well, they're all like, Cilia. Oh yeah, true. They're all just having visions of like little girl Cilia being 
biologically traumatized. Mm. Uh, and they're like, What's, what the fuck is going on? And that's the end of the episode. Yep. So it's only Marky and people who have been in the hard suits who are getting it. Hmm. How unusual. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. And that's the end of this episode and also the end of episodes we will be covering for now. Wait until after part six. Yeah. Batch two. Yeah. And then we might come back to it. Potentially. I mean, almost definitely. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've gone far enough. We may as well round it out at this point. But... I mean, God damn, it's pretty good. Yeah. So, Nick, what were our highlights and lowlights for these two episodes? <sighs> hmm. Well, my lowlight is probably just going to be Leon's social awkwardness <laughs> around Prince. Like, the number of times they're just like, no, no, he, he doesn't know what to say. I'm like, I get it. Okay, I don't have to watch it three times. Like, the third one, when he's like on the side of the highway, at that point I'm like, I get it. I understand. I'm good. Enough of that. <laughs> like, oh, it's too real. It's too real for me. Fair enough. Yeah. My low light is Maki Gear Solid, where he effortlessly sneaks into like, the, the scene that we had seen is like explicitly highly staffed beforehand. Mm. And then when he arrives, there's just no one there. God, I love that so much though. Like, cause you know, it could have, it could have been justified as like Mason's letting him in to activate mm. Galatea, but he's clearly surprised to see her, see him there when he shows up. It's just very weird. Yeah. Also, they arrive in hard suits after saying, there's no hard suits, yeah. it's all gone. That, that could have been a translation thing yeah. more than the show thing though. It's unclear. Mm. Um, cause we don't speak the language. But we could. Probably not. <laughs> I don't have that much neuroplasticity anymore. <laughs> Look, we make up enough content that we can't do cool things like learn languages. Yeah. Um, and highlights. Um, God, it's a hard one. It's a very hard one. I liked the um, Hard Suits of Boomers reveal. I feel like they'd laid mm. enough groundwork to make that a cool change of status quo. Hmm. I liked it when um, Celia used the power from the Skyhook because the entire episode, I'm like, Skyhook, this is dumb. Lol, Sky... Oh my god, it's actually meaning something now. The Skyhook did it. Oh my god, power. Oh. And it's like previous episodes that had the Skyhook and some electricity. And I was like, okay, what? Yeah, That's a lot weird. of talk about fixing the dragon that the umbrella connects mm. to. But now it actually did something. Yeah. So, what if the dragon is Galatea? It's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's been explicitly defined as, like, the storage mechanism for the power that yeah. the solar umbrella space, collects. Yeah. No, the umbrella's in space. The dragon's underground. But isn't the dragon, at this point, Galatea? No. All the power's going there. Getting sucked into that big pupa. That's not what happened. Oh, okay, all right. Well, anyway, I like that bit nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Nick. Yeah. Uh, Proto-boomer is on the loose. Mm -hmm. Making all boomers around her go nuts. Mason is encouraging her. The night sabers have lost their hard suits. Uh, Cilia Stingray is catatonic. <laughs> Marky's not quite a boomer, but he's not a normal boy either. And everyone's having crazy psychic visions of... Celia being experimented on by Dr. Stingray. Mm. Leon's bad at talking to women. Daly's up in the mix. Alan <laughs> remains in the tower. You'll be glad to know that we did watch the next episode on and I've forgotten all of it. Great. What will happen uh, both next time on Bubblegum Crisis Tokyo 2040 mm -hmm. uh, and in general in the episodes to come, Bubblegum Crisis Tokyo 2040. Okay. So we have Galatea. Yeah. She's all been like, I don't understand human empathy. Sure, yeah. Uh, she said exactly one word in the show so far. Yeah. So I reckon maybe she will... Okay, obviously Mason wants to, like, control her and stuff. Yeah. Maybe he's going to try teaching her things about boomers and be like, so you understand what this is? And she'll be like, yes. It's like, great, so can you do this? 
No. You're like, okay, that's not the right response. Let's try that again. And trying to do like teaching her stuff, I guess. Okay. I don't know to what end he wants to use her. Well, Mason's but... talked before about how he believes boomers are the next stage of human evolution. Yeah. Which is weird, right? Because he's, he's probably not going to take her and be like, right, get in this chamber and then we're going to clone you. But like maybe he's going to take something and put it into him? Sure. Like maybe? Classic Gendo Ikari move, implant the sci-fi um, yeah. dongle into his body and then take over the world. Exactly. So maybe he's going to be like, now I'm immortal. Fuck Alan, I'm going to kill him off. I have become a boomer. Yeah. And he's going to be like, ladies and gentlemen... Fear not the boomers. I, Mason, am the new helm of my new empire of humanity. Your something. new empire? You heard me. <laughs> uh, something like that, yeah. Like, I think his endgame is probably, at the, like, at the end of all of this will just be, ah, oh, if I'm the guy at the top, I win. Okay, and what about Galatea? Well, Galatea is just some poor kid who was experimented on, created as a doppelganger. Uh, will she choose to side with humans or with boomers? I reckon... She will combine with Marky at some point. Ah, they like, were like, we have achieved Ghost in the Shell style perfect synth- synthesis of exactly. Boomer and humanity. It's the green light Mass Effect 3 ending. Ugh. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they'll just literally unite into one holistic one entity. One androgynous and, uh, teen. Yeah, Marvia. <laughs> Shit, what is that's their name? Anyway. Why so, would that be their name? Because it's Marky and Sylvia. Oh, right. Well, yeah, it's, it's not Marvel. Sylvia, though, is it? Oh, shit. <laughs> it's Satai, isn't it? It's all Galatea. Mm. So it's either going to be Marketea, which sounds like a bionicle thing, or... You're not wrong. Or it'll be um, Soki? Or, or Martai, maybe? I don't know. I don't care. Of course, um, I would argue that if this did happen, which it won't, um, <laughs> they would pick another... Um, another Greek or Hebrew yeah, thing. Yeah, that indicates like artificial life mm. or... Yes, I am now known as Simulcra. Or they would uh, they would pick a name that that is different from these sort of servitor class yeah. things and something that, you know, some, some name that symbolises independence or authority. Yeah, God. Yeah. And then we kill God. Jehovah. Jehovah. Um, I, I have achieved synthesis of organic and artificial life. You may call me Christian God. <laughs> What's um? What's the name of the the big guy from Scientology? The the big L. Ron Hubbard? No, no, no. Zenu. Zenu. Yeah, the big alien god. Yeah, they'll probably use that. Okay. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, Sephiroth. Sephiroth. I am a one-winged angel in the sense that I'm Sephiroth and a meteor. Never yeah. really played Final Fantasy VII. Never will. So. Kefka Palazzo. <laughs> anyway, so they'll probably unite in synthesis and be like, humans and boomers can coexist. It's just that I kept turning them insane. So we can't use boomers. We have to be friends with boomers. Ah. We have to treat them as equals, not as children, as lessers. So what's the conflict going to be in that regard? Uh, well, little old Galatea is going to try and take over the world mm-hmm. with boomers. Yeah, right. So the Night Sabers will be like, no. Yeah, and they'll be like, we can't do it on our own. And then Leon will be like, not a problem, ladies. AD police yeah. at the ready. And Leon's like, the hero of the show now. Yep. And then Mason will be like, oh my god, I couldn't have seen this coming. Ah, How are they like going to resolve hard suit problem? <sighs> hmm. Maybe it'll be... Maybe it's like, they're boomers. And then Nigel will be like, no, 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 you've got it all wrong. They're boomers, but they're not boomers. You see, there's boomers. And there's... Sm- bo- smiley face nodding. Yeah, yeah. And there's boomers. Frowny face, shaking head. <laughs> um, so maybe it'll be like, some boomers 
have sentience. And some boomers are just robots that are made of flesh and metal things. Maybe. Maybe. Um, it's, uh, he hands them their, his card that says, Rogue boomers? No problem. And he's, oh, sorry, they've screwed this up. And he corrects the grammar too. Rogue boomers? Rogue boomers, No. no. Problem. Problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, so more or less it'll be somewhere between Ah, oh, I know what you think is boomers is <laughs> I know is what not, you think is boomers But it, this is not boomer, okay? This is like something that's like a boomer but is not boomer Like Marky Yeah, exactly, like or, it, or they use like Marky's DNA to grow new yeah. ally boomers Yeah, and it'll be like, these ones can't go crazy Marky didn't go crazy And they'll be like, oh yeah, he didn't That's a good point that's a good point. You know what? I think that's a good piece of boomer technology that we got there. Let's do it. And then they'll use that instead. Or it'll just be or like... Or they won't. Or they won't and it'll just be the end of the show. Yep. Uh, but I reckon, yeah, they'll probably do something where it's like, see, it's fine to use these hard suits. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, we'll find out after JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6 Stone Ocean yes. Batch 2. Oh, I'm so hyped. Nick, what do you remember from where we left Stone Ocean off? Bad Bishop. Priest. <laughs> uh, bad priest man. He's all like, well, well, Jolene. Because he's in Florida. He's like, well, well, Jolene, if it ain't that little missy. <laughs> Best get God onto that bitch. And uh, he's going to try and convert her to... Um, Christianity? <laughs> Not Protoplasmic goo? I was going to say death. But oh, okay. <laughs> so she... I know that she got... No, she sent the disc up on a pigeon. Yeah. And now it's flying away. And then there was the, the poison frog rain. And then there was the poison frog rain. Uh, Poochie was, Father Poochie was last seen uh, enigmatically talking to a man named Sports Max. Oh, and he had weird hair. I mean, that goes without saying, doesn't <laughs> it? Um, I remember that very vaguely. But we don't need to recap whatever you said in your last prediction segment. I just yeah. want you to think about things you remember. I'm just, I'm trying to remember what else happened. Oh, weather report. Yeah. He's around. We love weather report. Did he die? No. Okay, so he's around. And there was that... Oh, there's that other guy that looks like Doppio, but is not Doppio. Uh, Anasui. Anasui, who is definitely not I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But yeah, they did, they did translate the name as Anastasia. Yes. And right. if you remember, uh, he slash they was... Oh, in the manga, was a woman in their yeah. first appearance. And then became more and more androgynous. No, just immediately became, oh, became okay. a man in their second appearance. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so... Um, haven't seen anything with them yet. Oh, Baseball Boy. Um, oh, what's his name? It's not Mickey. I can't remember his name. Mickey. Baseball Boy. Oh, yeah. Emporio. Yeah. Emporio is like running around being like, I exist in a I space. I was born in the darkness. Yeah, it's like, I exist in a time and space outside of time and space, but in here, this uh, time and like space. Like Memoro. Yeah, weirdly. <laughs> um, what else is going on? I don't think there's anyone other than Poochie at this point who's really... Driving things. Jolene. Well, yeah, but Jolene's... The, uh, um, and Jotaro is still in a comatose at uh, El Speedwago Foundacion. Yep. So, who knows what's going on there. Um, Not much, I would say. Now, was it... We got one disc, but I can't remember which one it was. They got the stand disc. Yeah, so we've so got... So, he's not going to immediately die. Yeah, but we don't have his... Brain. brain. <laughs> so, he is brain dead. Um, but he's not dead dead. Yeah, exactly. He's not Jojo's dead. Yeah, his spirit hasn't come out and in a golden light said, Jolene, I always respected you. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so now I'm just like, well, what's going to happen And of course, now? Hermes and Foo Fighters exist. Hermes and Foo Fighters. Hermes and Foo Fighters? 
Oh yeah, Hermes and Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters is uh, goop. Plankton. Yep. And Hermes is bad lady, good lady. In the sense that... <laughs> sure. In the sense, in the sense she's, that she's in prison, Yeah, Nick? she's in Jeez. prison, but has a good moral compass. Well, actually, that's not true because she will sell out everyone for money, I'm sure. That's, that's quite a judgment call on your part, Nick, and well, I, don't I don't stand know. by it. But I don't know. We will find out who and what Hermes will sell out next time on JoJo's World as we return to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6 Stone Ocean Batch 2. I'm keen. I'm ready. But until then, to, to be, be continued. continued. Yeah, 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 yeah.